Hi, welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. I'm your host, Andy Donnelly. Joining me, you know, as always, is Sarah Merritt. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And our McLaren fan this week is Fern Lock. Say hello, Fern. Hola. Ah. <laughs> and you can probably guess by Fern's introduction where we were this week. Fern, will you tell them? We were in Barcelona, only not quite. Well, no, we weren't, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we normally are. We normally are, and that's the frustrating thing. That's that's one of those races that we guys have frequented a lot, haven't we? Yeah. It, it was really sad not to be there, and the amount of tweets that we saw, just everyone was a bit bummed out for not being there. Yeah, there's always a good crew of people there. You always tend to meet people, not just McLaren fans and Mercedes fans, people from the UK. It's with yep. it being sort of the first European race of the season and it's pretty easy to get to. Um, I think a lot of us use it as a as a race to kind of catch up with people and everything else like that since uh, either since testing or the year previously. And of course, it's so... I say cheap, but it depends on where you sit. But you can do a cheap trip to the circuit of Catalonia, much cheaper than the likes of Silverstone. So uh, it's a good one for us. Yeah. Yeah. And while I guess you all saw that people were saying, oh, it was a boring race, it was a boring race, it's very different when you're actually at the track. Um, 100%. Probably different race. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So this weekend uh, we were at uh, circuit the Catalonia. Um, I'm not going to attempt it in a Spanish accent like you had me trying with the Italian accent the other week, Sarah. <laughs> well, it's kind of got a Sunderland northern tinge to it, but it's still there, you know. Yeah. Um, once again, I think another good week. Um, definitely um, we started off um as we have done in previous weeks, where we weren't quite showing our pace on the Friday in practice. But over the weekend, um, we kind of showed quite a lot of pace in that car. And, um, yeah, you know, generally, overall, quite happy with another weekend. Uh, points finish, really. Um, and also, yeah, a few other bits and pieces that we'll get onto as we go through. Um Sarah, what did you make of sort of practice on the Friday and quali coming into quali? Well, I, re- I read quite a lot of information um, and an article from James Key that talked about the the upgrades that were on the car and things we were testing out. Um, so from that point of view, I'm, I'm happy the team got through their plan. They always talk about this, don't they? Did they get through their plan? Um, so yeah, it's good that they've done that, and and with limited testing ahead of the season, this is what they need to do now, isn't it? Every practice session gives them an opportunity to try things out. So I'm glad they're happy with that progress. Um, but yeah, Quali, you know, I was a bit disappointed, as you as you've all said before. Lando uh, took a P1 at one point, didn't he? And that's great. Um, but then we had traffic. That's the word of Quali, isn't it? Traffic. A particular car that we won't mention got in the way. There was a lot of traffic. And I don't think Lando came where he really wanted to or, or fulfilled his full potential in, in quality down to that. He did the best he could. Um, but, yeah, we, we expected to see him higher. Dan, however, P7, very nice. 
What do you think, Fern? Yeah, I think overall it was a pretty good weekend, like you say, with the updates and being a circuit that they knew. They didn't go in having to learn the circuit first. They knew what yeah. they were doing and that they did their set plan. Um, I think to walk away happy, I wouldn't say ecstatic, but happy from this weekend is is all we can ask for. We don't want bad weekends. Yeah, I, I know you said that in Northern Circuit, but we had a new turn. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were try- one of the things I was thinking over the weekend was how different does that make? Does, do they have to throw away all of the data that they've got for the previous year, how many of years we've gone there because it changes it? Or is it just we throw away the first, uh, the last sector and keep the first two sectors? Um, it'd be interesting to know how that actually affected the cars going through. I don't think we've got any fastest rec- record lap records or anything like that this week. And did we? Um, no. So, yeah. So, um, but as far as overtaking went, I think what's happened with that turn 10 is it's, yeah, it's a bit easier to get around and everything else like that. But it seems to have taken away a place where we could overtake previously. So, it was a bit of a slower corner, wasn't it? And, yeah. and then he gave them an opportunity to, to you know, be brave and, and break late and get around there. Yeah, you almost had to stop and pivot. Yeah. You? So, yeah. I'm guessing, though, that as part of their track walks, um, you know, we've often seen this device that some of the teams use. Well, I hope to... they noticed it was different on the track walk. No, no, no. But as part of their <laughs> track walks, they do some measurements. Don't mock me, man. Let me finish. They do some measurements of the track and this would have been fed back to whoever was doing um, sim work. And, you know, we've seen this before. They measure the the tarmac. They'll have known the exact dimensions of that turn 10. So whoever was doing the sim work would have been able to see the correlation between that and the previous laps from previous years. So, you know, I did have a point, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, Yeah. Certainly in, in, in Collier, I know that we, Lando got a P1 in Q1 at the end there. However, obviously we were saying it was because of traffic. And I think that left them in a bit of a disadvantaged state in Q3, really. Um, I think he was on a yeah. set of scrubbed softs. Yeah. For that. So um, I think he could have been a lot more higher up the order, maybe a sixth or a seventh. But ultimately, uh, two cars in, in Q3 and in the top 10, uh, you know, I'm I'm always going to take that. That's a, it's a good quality for us still, I think. Especially as you see the Alpines were, Alpine, Alpine. Pronounce it, um, were a little bit more competitive this weekend in quality. Um, and also, you know, you've always got the, the, I nearly called them Toro Rosso, the Alpha Tauris. Um, Gasly seems to be getting more out of that car than it really has at the minute, which is, um, you know, putting him in a, a Q3 sort of uh, position in some of the qualifiers as well. So to, to get two cars in there and comfortably, got to be happy with that. Yeah, I think there's a midfield pack that were they having a really good day and us having a really bad day, we'd be right in the middle of. Um, but 
at the moment, to me, it stands out that we're racing Ferrari and we're just a bit ahead of the rest of that midfield pack. But you're right to be cautious and you're right to note it because things can change and we need to need to keep watching. And they're, they're two of the teams that you've mentioned there that we nearly, really need to be watching out for. Yeah, I think it's less... I think we're in a fight with Ferrari for third, but we also got to keep an eye on who's coming from behind and, you know, creeping up. Um, and, yes. You know, uh, you see, I think they know that in the team itself. Um, let's get on to the race day now. Now, there was uh, some talk before the race that there might be a little bit of rain, and I was thinking, oh, that could be spicy. It could mix things up a little bit. Uh, but it never really happened. Um, but yeah, I thought as the race itself, I thought we got off to a really good start. Certainly felt that Dan did. He, you know, probably his best start for us, really. Um, and Lando was pretty solid on that. Uh, yeah, so what did you guys think of the race? Were there any points that you want to pick up from there? What about you, Fern? Um, I think with the start, there was a lot of fast cars, obviously, there. Um, Dan, especially, he needed that good start. If he didn't, I think his confidence is already kind of lacking a little. And I, I felt we saw the old Dan, the Dan that we were excited about joining the team. Um, and I think to see him doing so well, it, it's just built everyone's confidence up as well, not just his. Yeah, I think it's just going to be stronger and stronger now and give Lando that battle that he wants. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. What about your thoughts, Sarah, on the start of the race? Yeah, I, I think the same as Fern there. You know, I always, I'm always looking, as we've talked about before, I'm always looking to see where the papaya cars are when we start. And I think, for me, it's always so important to have a clean start. And I know making up a lot of places at the start is an opportunity as well. Um Although on this occasion, we didn't zoom up to be in third or anything exciting like that at the start. It was a, it was a good, safe start. And that's what you need sometimes to stay out of trouble, to not be, uh, you know, getting a puncture from touching another car or doing any damage. So that's, that's good. A good start from that point of view. But otherwise, aside from, aside from that, I thought the race was quite processional. And there were quite a few times when, you know, I said this again, being at Barcelona is really exciting. Sometimes watching it on the telly, not so exciting. But there were quite a few times when I I looked at the race and thought, oh, you're just showing us Lewis all the time. You're just showing us Max and Lewis. Show us a bit more of, of what the activity that's going on lower down the order. Show us that. So yeah, I think they were they were splitting to the side sort of screen view, weren't they, for some yeah. of the sticks. And... That's probably great if you've got like a 60-inch TV at home. Um, but actually for, for someone like myself who's blind as a bat, I couldn't really see sometimes <laughs> what was going on, you know. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. But, yeah, you know. And especially for our pit stops, you know, knowing that you're someone who's fixated on pit stops, Andy. You I mentioned think... the P word, didn't you? I did indeed. You you want to see exactly what's going on and not have it in a tiny little box off to the side of the screen, don't you? Yes, absolutely. I definitely do. Yes. Um, yeah, which um, yeah segues into this week's section on pit stops. Do, do, do. <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, I thought they were excellent this weekend. I thought they were all excellent. Um, we got a, I think we've got a two point, two point five, a 2.5, a 2.7, 3, and a 3.3. Um, and I thought that was really good. I th- when, you know, we got the cars in and out in a timely manner, all four wheels on, out of the door, right? Just what you want to see. Most of them under three seconds. I'm sure the team will be relieved to know they've made you happy on this occasion, Andy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if anyone else has got anything to add on pit stops, we can just leave it there because there's... I will add one thing. I will well, add one thing. Previously, we've spoken about the kings of the pit stops, Red Bull. Yes. And I think I think what you saw this time round is what can go wrong with pit stops if they don't go right. Yeah. That That's a funny sentence. What can go wrong if they don't go right? But that's why sometimes I think us being that little bit safer in our pit stop, it, it, we're taking less risk. Um, and, and that's the balance, isn't it? If you're someone that's flying by the seat of your pants all the time, going for 1.92 seconds and then something doesn't go quite your way or you're late yeah, out with a set of tyres. Yeah, ready, did they? So... Indeed. Well, it looked like Max came in without telling them, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they were still running out with the tyres. But that's that's one of those things, isn't it, where you see other people make mistakes, you see other people not get the rear on at the same speed or someone comes in out of alignment. So, you know, I'll make my, my normal point on pit stops, which is better to have a three-second pit stop and be 100% safe than to do a 1.9 and go out with a tyre not on properly. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Who was it that, that pitted? And, um, Alpha. Alpha. And, yeah, yeah. You know, kudos to that mechanic not putting a tyre on that was, you know, noticing yeah. that it was flat. Because as exactly. soon as get, if he'd getting out of the pit lane, that was race over, wasn't it? So... Yeah, you know exactly, exactly. One there you know, where it was quite slow, it probably saved the you know a, a possible points finish because you never know what's going to yeah. happen there. That race, the safety car, or anything you never do. Back in, so yeah, all right. Uh, anything from you on pit stops, Fern? <laughs> well, I would say just keep it clean. Um, like Sarah has said, it, you just want them to come through and get a good time. It, it you can win or lose a race in a pit stop. So I think this race especially, they, the pit stops were probably the most exciting point to watch and everyone was waiting for that moment. And for us to get it right, that's all we could ask for. The amount of tweets that I got from people going, you'll be happy this week, Andy. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah, you've got a reputation now, mate. Andy yeah, pit stop Donnelly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's 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 move on. So, um, this uh, as we were watching the race, I thought there were some good battles, some uh, sort of good overtakes and things like that. Um, but I was surprised to see Lando get a black and white flag for the move with Perez. Um, if you it remember- was the move, it was the move with Carlos, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a car, yeah, it wasn't was it? Tempo. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's I all right, Andy. I know, I know you're getting older. I know. <laughs> I have to write these things down. Um, but yeah, the, that, that move, I thought, yeah, okay. I can kind of see why maybe he's got it. But it, to me, it didn't seem any different to what some of the other drivers were doing. No, yeah. it was only one move, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah. he was continuously weaving or 
there was other drivers that weaved a few more times and everything else like one of them one of them drives for us yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but he got a polite warning don't be weaving on the straights mate yeah you know that kind of thing yeah they got a black and white flag and and i don't know that seemed a bit seemed a bit like a proper sort of telling off didn't it so yeah it just seemed a bit harsh i don't know if they've been warned a few times or something like that but What's the trouble with team radio? We only get to hear the bits we get to hear. But I don't know, Fern, if you heard, did Carlos make any mention of that move or anything? No, I've not read anything about it. I think. Well, there you go. If I think was it was a just worried. a genuine, <laughs> genuine move that didn't really pay off. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't think Lando's suddenly, you know, gone all Verstappen on us. I don't think we need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then obviously we we had a uh, in the race we had a, a Ricardo and Lando swap which uh, went very smoothly and kind of balances it out from a couple of races ago where uh, Ricardo was asked to let Lando by um, and I think that really kind of made Ricardo's race today. I think if he'd been held up any you know even for a lap, I think it might have made it a little bit more difficult to get. Um, sort of P7 finish. Yeah. Um, I certainly feel like we got the maximum out of what we could have done out of that race. There was none of the wares we've had in the previous races. Some of the front runners have really mucked up. None of them did this weekend. Uh, obviously, Red Bull did on this strategy, but when I mean muck up, I mean like putting them yeah. down 15th or something like that or coming off the track. Um so I think you know, as for a uh P six and a P eight finish, um, you know, I I'd have taken that before the race started really. So what about you guys? Yeah, I'm pretty content with that. I mean, it keeps up our records. I mean, we're looking very, very strong at the moment. Obviously, we're not gonna be Mercedes pace, Red Bull pace, but we're not far off. We're we're respectable and we're in our position right now. Yep, double work points as well. Yeah. Yep. So um, that's eight races consecutively that we've got double points. Woohoo! Um, and I uh, reached out on Twitter to Laura Leslie, who, if you ever need to know an F1 stat, she's a good person to go to. Uh, she informed me that that's our longest uh, consecutive. Uh, double points finished since 2007. There you go. Surprised me. Uh, you know, I thought we might have had some in uh, 2008, but um, and even you know, even 2011 where we were quite strong. But yeah, you know, it just shows if anyone kind of you need a yardstick to look at. You know, you're talking about sort of 14 years ago since we last were this consistent. It really, yep. it does. Sort of board well. I do feel we've built a great car. It seems to be a, an all rounder for us. While not fast, fast Mercedes fast, it's certainly competitive. We've been to four different types of tracks this year, and we've done well in all of them. So it does board well for the rest of the season for me. What's your thinking on that, you guys? First <laughs> I'll offer my thinking on that. I, I just think, you know, it's, it's all about that P word, a different P word, not pit stops, but progress. 
you know, we, we keep hanging on about this, saying that, that, you know, we've got higher expectations now as fans because of the great progress the team have made. Um, and that, that just goes to show, doesn't it? That shows consistency. It's not like we're doing quite well and then the next race our engine blows up or, or we're, you know, at the back of the grid or something. We're consistently up there scoring points. And that's where you need to be. One driver out of two scoring all the time isn't good enough for a team to do well. We need to be consistently up there. And I think I think that's, that's a really good stat. Um, and it's something the team can be proud of. But you, Fern? I just think it's exciting for the fans. I think all them years of pain and hurt that we've had to know that each weekend, touch wood, we're going to walk away with a really good result, getting points. It's just what we need. We want that excitement again. We want to watch us doing the overtakes rather than being the overtook. It's exactly where we should be, maybe higher. <laughs> yeah, I'd take being higher any, time, any day, really. Um, <laughs> It's certainly good progress, isn't it? So um, just one more thing I want to pick up on from the race weekend was the, uh, not, not McLaren related, but certainly probably one of the more exciting things in the race itself was the um, the team radio FIA message from Toto to uh, um, the FIA about um, a certain driver that we won't mention. Uh, and I'd like to see more of them. I'd love to see more. Well, when I say see, hear more of them, let's be honest. Um, I do hope it's not just a one-off, uh, a bit like when we had the the cameras in the driver briefings and we got highlights of those before. They were brilliant, and then they disappeared after two or three races. I hope that's not the same sort of thing with this. Well, So I've, I've read a few things about this today after the Toto talking to Michael Messi. Um, and 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 Michael has come out and said that uh, that although all of the teams have the ability to speak directly to the FIA, very rarely does Toto do anything like that. So I guess it's that high-profile message from a from a key player, you know, in a in a car that could be winning the race that made it that very exciting message for them to play out. So I think there's probably things that, you know, we talk about this all the time with Team Radio. There's very mundane things going on all the time that we don't hear, but they knew that that was a bit of a tasty one, didn't they? Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Um, I've been lucky enough to be in, in a garage for, for half an hour during um, uh, practice uh, slot uh, at a race and be given a set of the headphones that they use and you can listen to all the Team Radio. And while what you hear on the uh, TV is little snippets of this, that, and the other, it's almost constant chat. It's quite, it's quite breathtaking. You're like, yeah, he's gone about 190 miles an hour, but just chattering like we are now. And it's just like, yep. um, and it's when they take the stuff and the, the snippets, it's so easy to get it out of context and everything else like that because you only hear that sort of five-second, ten-second burst of something yep. without the, the previous 30 seconds to a minute, um, you know, and sometimes they can, it can seem quite tasty when actually probably, you know, they're not really. It's just very well edited sometimes, I think. Sometimes there's quite a delay as well. I think by the time they've picked a piece of team radio and then, you know, decided to play that back to us on the world feed, 
we're looking at, you know, a few laps later. So sometimes we might be seeing things totally out of context, but but they certainly knew that we were all going to pick up on that one, didn't they? And we have. Yeah. Everyone loves a bit of drama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in that race that again. So, yeah. So overall, I think we're all very happy with what's uh, with that race weekend. Um. So, Sarah, I think that um, you wanted to talk a little bit about power rankings and how they are. Uh, how they look, how they put together. Um, so, yeah, so do you want to enlighten us? Yeah, sure. Um, I've been particularly interested in the F1 power rankings. Now, for those of you that don't know, the official F1 account tweets out and has an article on their site on the Wednesday after each race where they look at how they rank each of the drivers. How this is done is a panel of six anonymous judges who are obviously within the F1 world, within that, that sphere, but, but they're not named. Um, they, they assess each driver out of a mark, marks out of 10 for each race. A bit um, like a school report. A bit like a, yeah, yeah, exactly. After the race weekend, how did you do? Um, so as well as this being released on the Wednesday after each race, there's also a leaderboard that's maintained across the whole season. But I thought it was particularly interesting to see how these were worked out and how, you know, what what impact different things across the weekend might have. It's very important to note it's not just about the race. The F1 power rankings are about the whole weekend, quality and everything the driver does. Um, and they, they look at things like where they are in comparison against their teammate. So do they qualify them? And also, did they extract the most they could from a package? So... Someone like George Russell, who we, we call Mr. Saturday now, he's, um, he's very well known for doing well and getting more out of that Williams than we think he could. And I think you could say the same with Mick Schumacher. He's getting more out of that Haas than, than we think he's going to with that car. Um, and why this has particularly sprung to mind, and I wanted to discuss it with you guys on the podcast today, is when I've checked the power rankings for the last few races, Lando has done extremely well. He's currently joint top with Lewis um, because they haven't yet released this week's ratings, but he's joint top with Lewis after Portugal, if you go and look. And on the top 10, he's up there at the moment. There's Lewis and Lando together, joint first, then Max and so on. It's quite, it's quite interesting to look at and, and also to read the, the summary that they give about each driver. You know, it's quite witty as well, some of the comments they make. So I just wanted to call out the F1 power rankings, especially as Lando's right up there, and uh, and suggest that everyone takes a look at them and let us know what you think. Is there any sort of prizes to the drivers or anything like that at the end of the season, or is this just kind not, of a complete stats sort of thing? For not that I've seen, not that I've seen, but I think it's important to know that these these rankings are from this panel of six people. So they're not done by, you know, we talked earlier and you thought maybe they were done by AWS, so they were just stats that were calculated. There's people's personal opinions going in there as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, they, they, they really do call out individual things that someone might have done over a weekend. Um, and, and Lando's, like I say, right up there at the moment. So it'd be interesting to see on Wednesday where he sits because he'll have not done so well against Daniel for the weekend and things like that. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll certainly have a, a bit more of a look and, uh, at them 
from now on and just since I understand them a little bit better after our chat. Um, I guess, you know, it's always going to be against your teammate that you mark. But say, for instance, I don't know, um, let's say Lando or Dan takes a win. I would assume then that, um, you know, we've, they would shoot right up the, the power rankings. Um, Indeed, someone that's that's qualifying and then racing in a higher position than where they'd be expected to. That's exactly the kind of ingredients that will go into when the panel review this, the score they will give them. So, you know, Daniel this week's out qualified Lando and he got more out of the car. So that's that's something we might have on there. Um, you know, Bottas perhaps would, would get a bit of a downgrade because you can tell he's not extracted as much out of the same car as Lewis has. So you've, you've got, and, and also Perez against Verstappen. So you've got that as a, a factor there as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really trying to also even out what you think of a driver so that their machinery is not the most important thing. Someone can rate highly and not be in a good car because they've outdriven it and done the very best they can with it. Okay, oh, that's quite interesting. Um, yeah, um, certainly we'll, we'll have a look. And uh, let's hope that Danny Rick does pretty well this week on them and moves a bit further up. Definitely. And it'll be interesting to hear from the guys listening to the podcast what they think of the rankings as well. Um, you know, let us know, tweet us, tell us what you think. Yeah, absolutely. Get in touch if you uh, if you understand them as well. <laughs> I've explained them now. Everyone's <laughs> going to understand them. So uh, we've got about sort of five or six minutes left here. So um, let's just have a quick sort of wrap up um, of what you thought of the race weekend and what you kind of think is coming up sort of for the next race thing. We're at Monaco next, aren't we? Um, how are we going to do at Monaco? What What are your thoughts um yeah, just give us a bit of a, you know, how are you feeling about how the season's gone so far, Fern, and, you know, how you think we're going to kind of go on from here? So, obviously, Monaco coming up, we all know it's a bit of a, a, a procession around the track. It's not going to be the high action that we want. But as long as we make most of Quali, that will make or break our race. So, I think the quality setup will probably be the most important part of the weekend for us. Um, and again, your favorite word pit stops. That will help <laughs> us have <out> big time. <laughs> yeah. I think um, you're going to make a huge, you've got to be spot on. Haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a disaster if, if we don't get that right, we, we could lose out quite a few places and we're not going to be able to gain them back. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to it myself. It's one of my favourite tracks to watch, just because they're absolutely on the edge every corner. There's no way it you know can't relax down a straight or anything, can you? So no. Looking forward to that. Uh, what about you, Sarah? I always look forward to Monaco, Andy, and I get really upset because everyone on Twitter's going, "Oh, this is going to be an awful race," but I've been there a few times. So for me, like when you've been to any destination, when you see it on television, you're a bit like, oh, I know where that is. I've been there. I've had a drink there. Because there's this strangeness with Monaco where, you know, all of the places where we might have been for a drink the night before are suddenly 
the, the tables are wheeled back and they are the track the next day. They literally hose down the alcohol and other substances and get rid of them and the cars are on track again. So, you know, I, I, I really do love Monaco as a destination. When we can travel again, it will be on my list to go back to. And, um, and yeah, I, I love watching the race weekend there, watching the crazies up on the hill where I've watched the race from before. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it just it just gives a bit of glamour. And, um, yeah, you know, especially watching the way people take those corners and, and you know, around the Fairmont hairpin and going through the tunnel and all of that kind of thing. So I hope we, I hope we do, what's the word I want? Adequately. That's not a very exciting word. But there's some places where we need to tread water. You know, if we do well, it will be brilliant. I'm holding my expectations back that for us, we just do all right. You know, clean race, points, no damage, no costly expenditure on the car. Points finish, even if it's nine and ten, would be perfect. Exactly. So from that point of view, you know, for McLaren, I don't know that this is going to be an outstanding circuit. I don't feel it is. So let's just... Let's just enjoy the weekend and get out of it cleanly. However, Dan does tend to do pretty well around there. So, never yeah, but he's not got a I will say, to jump into. I should <laughs> say that the one year he didn't do well, it was because of pit stops. Oh, <laughs> we're back to the P word again. Yeah. Honestly, I was like, this is going to be a, a pit stop free episode, but there you go. Right, Sorry. so we've um, yeah, we've uh, we'll start the wrap up there, and um, yeah, sort of. Uh, thanks very much, Fern, for joining us. You're welcome. Um, and once again, thank you, Sarah. I think Sarah, you've got a few shout outs to do before we finish up, haven't you? Yeah, just wanted to finish up with saying a, a message. <laughs> I know that we've got a few McLaren birthdays coming up in the next week. Fern, 21 again? Um, not quite. <laughs> but at least I won't be max age anymore, a.k.a. 33. <laughs> I'll also give a shout out to uh, our friend Scott Houghton, friend of the podcast, and Scotty Too Hottie. Happy birthday to you. And also Matt Bailey, who uh, has his birthday on the same day as you, Fern. So, uh, and Gerald. I'm, I'm, it's his birthday Gerald as well. well. Oh, yep. brilliant. There you go, a bonus birthday. You know, I know McLaren don't always have the time to send shout-outs to us now, so I'm I'm happy to do McLaren birthday shout-outs. Let me know anyone if you've got any. There you go. If you want a shout-out for your birthday on the next episode, give Sarah a shout and she'll uh, put all this together for the next one. Um, that's pretty much all we've got time for this week. Um, like I said, thanks for joining us, Ben in Sarah and uh, we'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks uh, after the Monaco race where we'll be no doubt debating pit stops <laughs> <laughs>